We acknowledge the Aboriginal people of Victoria, the First Nations, and offer respects to Elders, both past and present. Welcome to a new podcast series for carers by Kinship Carers Victoria. In this podcast, we speak with Anne McLeish, Director of Kinship Carers Victoria, on the effect of the coronavirus lockdown on carers. Welcome back, Anne. It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. A lot's happened since you were last on the program, specifically the coronavirus lockdown, which I assume would have caused extra work for KCV. Well, not extra work. It hasn't increased the overall volume of work, Bradley, but it has created different work with a, an overlay of concern um, driving it. We went into coronavirus, both the department of Health and Human Services and Kinship Carers Victoria, feeling very concerned about the effects that it would likely have on kinship carers. We even expected some placements would fall over, bearing in mind that a lot of the kinship carers um, are older than um, foster carers, for example. However, our worst fears did not happen. And part of the reason that they didn't happen is that we gave a lot of attention to carers. We phoned them ourselves without waiting for them to call for help. Um, and we talked to them about what's going on in their lives, trying to determine just what sort of need we'd have to offer the kinship carers. So it was very different work. Um, and it was work that, as I said, was tinged by worry, but it was work that was very much our pleasure. It became a pleasurable task because, believe it or not, and I'm sure the listeners will believe it, the kinship carers, although they felt under pressure, did not buckle under the strain. And it was clear to us um, very soon that talking to these carers was just a lesson in positive thinking and how to deal with adversity. And what were the most pressing problems that kinship carers faced during the lockdown? There were three themes to the problems, Bradley. First of all, we had calls from the more elderly kinship carers asking us, um, were they meant to take extra precautions? They were sensitive to the comments across the community, particularly from the medical profession, about elderly people being particularly vulnerable. And so they said to us, does this mean that we are meant to give the children up temporarily? Um, what does it mean in terms of stability and placement for these children? Because we don't particularly want to give them up, but neither do we want to pub put the public health at risk by subjecting ourselves um, to the disease. We sought advice from the Department of Health and it was that those carers um, were fine to keep the placement going so long as they observed all of the public health restrictions, most particularly reducing the number of people that went through the household. But for the purposes of this argument, they were considered to be a family unit, quite rightly so. We have had no reports, I might add, of kinship carers, even the most elderly contracting coronavirus. The second set of concerns were about the cost of food. So uh, some weeks, into the coronavirus episode, carers started calling us 
saying that the cost of fresh food was close to prohibitive and that they were concerned about um, reducing the quality of the diet they were giving the children. This was particularly important because some children are on special diets. And the third um, area of calls related to all the problems associated with children not being able to go to school and having to be homeschooled. Now, the kinship carers were not alone in their concerns about that. That affected every young parent that I've ever spoken to, for example, as well as the kinship carers. After a while, the department created a category of vulnerable children that could go back to schools with limited access. And kinship care children were deemed to be vulnerable children. So we were able to negotiate um, the uh, placement of kinship, children in kinship care back into schools. That didn't mean that they had um, the regular access to schools, but it meant they had some negotiated blend of access to schools and some homeschooling. I have to compliment the Department of Education in the way that they handled all of this. Some of the cases were quite tricky in that the kids still had high-end needs and teachers under extraordinary pressure where they're still having to home, provide homeschooling lessons to about half of their student population took these children back under their wing. So that was a, that was a real success story in terms of the system responding to care needs as quickly as they could. The fresh food uh, problem was um, solved partly by the um, emergency grants of money that the department made available to kinship carers. Were there any positive outcomes that shone through in this difficult time? Well, I'm actually happy to repeat myself here, uh, Bradley, by saying that the overall positive highlight was the way that the kinship care placements hung together. When we started phoning kinship carers back at the start of the coronavirus to see if they were coping, we even had a couple of kinship carers say to us that they were fine and not to worry about them, how are we coping in the office? Which I found um, such a positive response that it, that it was um, in, in fact quite shocking that they would think that positively. And, and again, um, show concern beyond their own pressures. Some carers even said to us that the hidden benefit for them was that they were relieved from running around to medical appointments and dropping kids off to multiple schools and that in fact they were using the time to engage in family activities that they never had the time for before. They were playing games together, they were watching movies together, they were doing things as a family group and they positively enjoyed the time. So out of this adversity did um, arise some really positive stories and KCV I think will try and document some of those positive stories just for future reference. So where do we go to from here? Well there's two phases to our thinking Bradley. The immediate problem is the second wave. Tomorrow I'm going to open up discussions with the department about what we can do for kinship carers should the second wave affect them in ways that we can't predict and in ways that were worse than the first wave. 
it may be that we can't expect kinship carers to survive the first wave and the second wave quite so gracefully and easily. So I want to ask the department what it is that the department and KCV should be doing together to make sure that our kinship carers um, continue to cope. In the longer term, though, there are some issues that have risen during the coronavirus that I need to address with the department. And one of them is this question of contact between parents and reunification with parents. The department, quite rightly, in observance of health regulations, reduced a lot of the contact between parents and children and slowed down reunification processes. I say that that was quite right because contact in particular relies in many cases on, on uh, department people supervising visits. However, the effect was that young mums had no contact with very little babies. The only contact that preceded was contact via electronic media and young babies don't know how to use the media. So there is a gap there that is causing real grief amongst young mothers. And as I said, while we understood why the department did that, we're looking for a sunset clause. We don't want this to go on forever. and We don't want it to go on for much longer. But the other issue is reunification. KCV puts very high priority on reunification between children and parents where it's possible. And we're very saddened to think that it has slowed down. And again, we're looking for a lead from the department and from the courts that will tell us when this is going to correct itself and we can get back to reunifying parents with their children. The, the next issue that we need to clarify is the difference between statutory kinship carers and permanent carers. There was a mix-up in some of the payments that the department released to kinship carers. The mix-up was created by the fact that some permanent carers got a payment that was meant for statutory kinship carers only. And this whole mix-up shone a very bright light on the confused messages that some kinship carers have received from the department and on their confusion themselves, with many permanent carers telling us that they were statutory kinship carers when they are indeed not. It's important that we sort this technicality out into the future. The very last thing I want to say about where to from here, Bradley, relates to budget cuts. The coronavirus has created budgetary pressures, which we can only imagine at this stage, but we'll get the detail about that in due course, I dare say. But it comes on top of budgetary pressures created by the cost of fighting the bushfires. We are very concerned about the children in um, out-of-home care paying an undue price when budget cuts really hit. So KCV is going to have to work very hard to try and prevent that happening. And the department, I'm sure, will be our ally in that. This podcast series is made possible through funding provided by the Victorian Government's Department of Health and Human Services.